Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Corey, it is the story that keeps on giving. Uh, which one? We have so many of them today. We got health care. We got uh, we got uh, uh, home capital. I mean, my inbox is lighting up with that one. And then there's Amazon Whole Foods. That's the story, right? It's almost a week since we heard uh, Amazon's buying Whole Foods market. And yet we continue to dice and slice it and look at it from different angles. We're going to look at it from a, a real estate angle uh, in just a moment. But first, this is the latest in business news headlines and a data check from Bloomberg News anchor Charlie Pellet. All right. I thank you very much, Corey. Thank you, Carol. You mentioned Amazon and uh, Whole Foods. Amazon up today by one-tenth of one percent. Whole Foods uh, tumbling today. It is down by nine-tenths of one percent. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all advancing. We have got uh, right now the S&P 500 index up three to 24.39, a gain there of one-tenth of one percent. Dow Industrials up 20, higher by one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ up 14, a gain there of two tenths of one percent. Wall Street is awaiting the results of the Fed's latest stress test for American banks. And after seven annual exercises in which the, at least one U.S. bank failed, all of the nation's 34 largest lenders will probably pass this year's Federal Reserve exam. Tom Michaud is CEO of Keith Broyett and Woods. He was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. The first reaction following the crisis was more capital of the banks. That capital has gone into the banks and it stayed there for the biggest banks. It really hasn't come out. I I think most industry observers, and I believe that there's a lot of surplus capital in these banks. Uh, the next question is the regulatory machinery in Washington is still stuck in post-crisis mode. There really hasn't been any e- easing, and I don't think any real fair examination of all these changes that were made. Crude oil holding on to its gains up four-tenths of one percent. Uh, right now, 42.78 on WTI, up 25 cents a barrel. Brent is up one percent, 45.27, up 45 cents. The tenure up four thirty seconds. The yield there, 2.15 percent. Nasdaq on pace to close at a two-week high up 13 points to 62.47 up two-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up three points up by one-tenth of one percent. Dow Industrials up 20 also a gain of one-tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Got it. Thank you so much. Charlie Pellet right here on Bloomberg Radio. Will there be any more window shoppers? Scott Crow joins us right now, the chief investment strategist at Center Square Investments. But look at the Amazon Whole Foods deal and what it might mean for commercial real estate. Uh, Scott, uh, the impact of Amazon, I think, has never been more um, fantastically imagined than it has been in the last, call it, two months with weak retail sales numbers and this, this Whole Foods acquisition. And, and, I, and I wonder when you look at the Whole Foods deal, what you imagine Amazon is going to do with that asset. Uh, they're going to look at that as a platform to basically expand into the grocery business. I mean, Amazon has obviously been very um, disruptive to department stores and department store sales, uh, and has had a huge impact uh, on that market, uh, basically almost single-handedly decimated department stores. But the fact is that grocery uh, spend is much, much higher than apparel and department stores. Groceries account for about a third of all retail spending. And so what you have now is a couple of things. Firstly, the biggest disruptor of bricks-and-mortar retail is now investing heavily in physical stores, but they're doing that to cause 
greater disruption to that asset class. Uh, and what it shows you is that good quality retail has tremendous value, but if all the all the other retail and retail landlords and retailers, um, you know, are faced with obsolescence risk because they're going to aggressively expand the Whole Foods store uh, footprint from about 450 stores to close to 2,000 over the next five years, and they're going to push more and more people online. But in addition to that, they're going to completely reimagine the shopping experience uh, for groceries. They're going to be very aggressive in terms of uh, price, but also using technology to change the experience. For instance, uh, in the next three to four years, it's very likely that the, the whole idea of having a, a checkout with a conveyor belt uh, will be something of the past, as an example. So what does this mean for real estate investors who like to look at the retail space specifically the commercial retail space well it's really it's really interesting carol because if you look at at, at the acquisition on a per square foot basis then Amazon's paying about $750 per square foot for uh, the wholesale stores, uh, Whole Foods, so the Whole Foods stores. That compares to the best quality REITs, which traded an implied four to $500 per square foot in terms of their real estate value. So, so what it tells you is that uh, Amazon places a, a huge um, value on a physical footprint. Now, they've been trying to penetrate the grocery market now for 10 years without a lot of success. And so to optimize an online strategy, you need a physical presence. The upshot, though, is that it only, only applies to the best real estate. And so the best real estate has tremendous value, but the worst real estate is faced with obsolescence because what's going to happen is we're going to gravitate over time to a world where we have Whole Foods on one end and Walmart on the other. And a lot of the grocers in the middle are, uh, are going to be subject to dramatic market share declines. Uh, and so you have to be very, very selective and very careful as a retail real estate investor to make sure you have well, those best locations. And it's interesting, having spent uh, some time with the folks at, uh, at Whole Foods, uh, especially there, I mean, they, they think a lot about those locations, and they've got some prime locations. And then they've really moved into kind of, you know, the urban area where there's a lot of activity, there's a lot of stuff going on, which I think will play in really well into Amazon's aspirations. Absolutely. Uh, Amazon and Whole Foods have about a 62% overlap when it comes to Amazon Prime. So they're going after a lot of... Wait, what do you mean? Overlap in what way? Sorry, overlap in what way? In terms of shoppers at Whole Foods and and people that have an Amazon Prime membership. It's that high-end folk, right? Yeah, that's who you want to sell to. Uh, It's easier to sell more things for people with money. And that's what Amazon's trying to do with Whole Foods. Yeah, this also helps Amazon um, uh, figure out one of the hardest bits of e-tailing, which is that last mile of distribution. Uh, And what you're likely to see uh, going forward is that Whole Foods will be a place where you not only go there to pick out your fresh produce, but you're also picking up the packaged goods and maybe general merchandise that you've purchased uh, from Amazon. So this (laughs) click and collect idea becomes much more viable once you have that physical footprint. And Amazon has been trying to develop this footprint for years. And I think what they found out is that retailing is hard and you need that physical space. Uh, And that's why it is 
in some ways very good news for people that own good real estate, but those who own lower quality locations uh, are threatened now because what you'll see is more and more sales moving online. Interesting stuff. Uh, well, it's going to be so curious to see how they develop this asset, how much, what it yeah. means for Whole Foods store growth, especially Whole Foods at about 430 stores and stuff. Really interesting time for that business. Michael Sheldon, uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, uh, excuse me, Scott Crows, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Chief Investment Strategist at Center Square Investments. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. All right, let's get a check on your latest World of National News headlines. Once again, we've got Adrian Mitchell in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Adrian. Hi, Corey and Carol. Senate Republicans have released their health care plan, a measure that was shrouded in secrecy until today. Bloomberg Chief Washington correspondent Kevin Cirilli reports there are three major takeaways from this 142-page bill. It would phase out parts of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare's Medicaid expansion by 2020. That's a bit slower than the 2018 provision that was in the House version. Republicans in the Senate are saying that this is a more moderate, or as President Trump said, less version of what the House had proposed. It would also provide tax credits for people buying individual insurance and provide protections with people with pre-existing conditions. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says the vote could come as early as next week and that there's ample time for debate. President Trump does not have tapes of his conversations with FBI Director James Comey. The president, in a pair of tweets, says he did not make any and does not have any, but he also has no idea whether there are any tapes with, quote, all of the recently reported electronic surveillance, intercepts, unmasking, and illegal leaking of information. President Trump raised the question himself when, days after firing Comey, he blasted out a series of tweets suggesting the existence of tapes as a way to try to keep the ousted FBI chief from talking to reporters. Bagpipes played going home at the Ohio funeral of Otto Warmbier. The 22-year-old returned to the U.S. in a coma and died after being in North Korea days later. I'm Adrian Mitchell.